to. Welcome to episode 156 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to come downstairs naked, except for his baggy blue and white. Ask his missus how many A-grade pictures have you made? <laughs> and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. The man voted most likely to be cutting property deals all over the ballerine. Welcome, David. I'm too big for this now. <laughs> this is going to be my last episode. Uh, you'll be doing the ballerine apprentice as you get yeah, gold right. horses yeah. and build side <laughs> skyscrapers. I'm buying a yacht soon. I'll be uncontactable. <laughs> all righty. Next up is the man voted most likely to enter a country Victorian facial hair competition. Welcome, Alex. <laughs> Hi guys, actually uh, did most, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> I come. Uh, I would say it may as well have been Stone Brotherless last, but yes, I did enter one. And lastly, the man known around the world for his catchphrase: "If you've got a map and you've got a compass, you've got a gym." Welcome, Roscoe. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mick. Because as we all know, you got a door, you got a gym. <laughs> Chuck Norris wasn't lying when he said that. <laughs> oh, I don't think it was Chuck Norris. It was Randy Couture, the UFC oh. champion. Was it? Yeah. Chuck Norris had that weird thing that you just stabbed on your gym. own chest. Total Gym 3000. Oh, yeah. did he have the Bowflex? He did have the Bowflex. Uh, Who had the one where you just push it on your stomach and you did ab crunches with it? Yeah, no, no, oh, the no. wheel. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Chuck Norris too. He's had more. It might have been. Total Gym 3000, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was just it's like the weird, like you pulled this. It was like a reverse rowing machine. Yes. Well, yeah. Welcome one and all to the infomer- <laughs> infomercial workout podcast. Now, so welcome to Fred and Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. So a set of steak knives. Before we spend 45 minutes talking about the man that he's just laying, we're going to touch on a few other things <laughs> in, in cricket. Um, so first off, in between this podcast and the last podcast, Australia did announce the squad they will be taking to the uh, T20 World Cup, which I believe is in... Uh, Dubai or the UAE or somewhere like that. Um, so uh, the skipper, unsurprising, will, will be Big Fat Finchy. Um, Ash Nager, Paddy Cummings is the vice captain. You've got uh, Noni Hazelwood. Uh, from the clouds came Josh Inglis into the squad who didn't even play <laughs> in any of those T20Is that were, that were uh, internationally recently. Uh, the big vice of Mitch Marsh, unsurprisingly, in the big shows back, Glenn Maxwell. Uh, Cold Drip Kane Richardson, Steve Smith, if he avoids the coffee tables in the airport, uh, Mitch Stark, Marcus Stoinis, Mitchell Swepson, Matty Wade, David Warner, and Adam Zampa are the squad. And there are tr- three, a trio of travelling reserves, DC Dan Christian, Nathan Alice, Alice, who the fuck is Alice, <laughs> and Big Dan Sands. So that is the men we'll be taking to the World Cup. Big Dan Sands. Yeah, so, so the, the dim scene. Mm. Yes, is, is as a reserve in yes. case one of our death bowlers in fact contracts death. Yes, possibly. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> yeah. he is a death bowler and he'll be replacing a dead death bowler. <laughs> Maybe. Well, he's uh, had COVID, put it that way. So he? for those... Um, he got it those... in India. Jesus. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
For those uh, wondering, um, so Guy Richardson, Andrew Ty, Jason Berendorf, Alex Carey, Moises Enrique, Josh Philippine, Ashton Turner were all the, the blokes who were excluded from the previous um, squad that lost to Bangladesh. So for those playing at home, that lost to Bangladesh was our fifth consecutive T20I series defeat. You beauty. Oh, yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, we're going to the World Cup with stunning form. Not necessarily stunning good form, but stunning form nevertheless. So. Playing some sort of T20I game. Yeah. I think. Yeah, a real shit one. Yeah. <laughs> and um, So it's been announced, obviously, um, who we're playing, but they've still got qualifiers going on at the moment. So... Um, there's no guarantees, but I think in our group we had. We have India in our group, I think. West Indies, definitely. West Indies, yeah. So South Africa, yeah, and then England. you've got Sri Lanka and some of the other teams are all in the qualifying. So it's it, uh, it's even tighter in the T20I World Cup than the One Day World Cup. So from Australia's perspective, we are in the group of death. Yeah. But from everyone else's perspective in our group, it's the yeah. group of life. Life. Yeah. <laughs> I We're not we getting through group, the group. We could be in a group with Nam- Namibia, Ireland, and Zimbabwe, and it's still be the group of death from Australia's perspective, I think. So. Speaking of that, Mick, uh, Ireland versus Zimbabwe, first T20I kicks off in about uh, 80 minutes from now. Shit. Get around yeah. it. Yeah. Hopefully we can find a legal stream somewhere, because I'm guessing it's on the Cricket Australia website. <laughs> no, it might be on KO. It was the last time Ireland played at home, it was. Don't even get Australian games up and about in Australia. Mm. So now we're going to go with Ireland versus Zimbabwe. But... Yeah, get them, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of T20, we'll quickly touch on the BBL. And there's been a recent announcement of a big signing in the BBL. And that big signing is from the big man himself, big Carlos Brathwaite, who has confirmed he will return to the Sydney Sixers for the upcoming BBL season. The confirmation that Brathwaite's coming back means that nine of the 11 players the Sixers had when they won the title last year will be returning Shit. for the next season. So, Look out. Holy so they Who are the two who haven't signed up? Who are the yeah. two who haven't signed up? Yeah, those I know. dogs. Honestly, yeah. traders. that would have required some research, Roscoe, and that's not really uh, uh, going Let's to speculate. Let's Don't speculate. Lower yourself. Uh, I reckon one of them could be Peter Neville. Yeah, oh, possibly. No. I don't reckon he made it into their 11. Who else? I doubt it. Who else is it? Sixers. Oh, Nathan Lyon. Could be Nathan yeah. Lyon. Is Mitchell Smith Stark. a sixer? I think Smith's yeah, a sixer. Yeah, Smith's a sixer. I don't reckon he was in the 11 on the no. day, though. No. Philippe, I know he's returning. Uh, he was. He's a sixer. Anyway, it's two yeah. that aren't, and we'll soon find out if they do. But, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think we should speculate a bit more. No, no, I'll let you go. James Vince, no, maybe. Oh, steamed white rice. Oh. Yeah, maybe. It could be. That's fascinating. Think of all the people it could be. Wow. Ben's could be Shahid Afridi. Tom <laughs> Curran. Could name. be anyone. Could be Tom Curran. It could be, be any one of us on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Who Don else is not? Maybe it's Don Bradman's not coming back. Yeah. Shane Watson. Could mm. be Watto. Andy Bickle, maybe. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah. Michael Bevan, maybe. I think oh, he's probably what is it the Thunder, isn't he? Or was it the Thunder? Yeah. I think he's retired. Could be Michael Bevan. He might jump out of Talking about the dead people, Ross. <laughs> oh no, you can't talk about 
Watson, he's retired, you idiot. Like, come on. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about fucking Victor Trumper. He might be. <laughs> I reckon he's in with his show. <laughs> I think Bill, I think Bill Ponce is gonna play for Renegades. That's the word. But yeah. He wanted to play for the stars, but he thought it was a bit pretentious to play in the stadium. It has a grandstand named after him, so he said he played for the Renegades yeah. instead. So yeah. he's, he's a man of the people like that, Bill Ponce. Yeah. So. Unlo- mm. Unlike Jimmy Anderson, which is yeah. quite happy to play in a stadium with his name on it. Mm. Or job. Darren Sammy. Yeah, yeah oh. true. <laughs> Fucking strange, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, okay, speaking of the BBL, um, one of Roscoe's favourite BBL yeah. players has been running a mark across the pond in England at the moment. That's big Timmy David. Have you got any news for him, Roscoe? Yeah, so, an unbelievable story of Tim David, a Singaporean-born Australian. Uh, you know, one of the things that I love talking about is fixturing, and that really gets you guys excited. Mm. The second thing Ooh. that gets a little bit of people excited is how do Australian players actually qualify for playing county cricket? Because we you know a lot of them have UK passports, or the other way is you have to have played for Australia in the last year or so. So Marcus Harris, good example of that, yeah. Travis Head. Yeah, okay. And then you get someone like Tim David, who's Australian, who just rocks up and starts playing for him? Oh, does he get in on the two first name deal? Is that what it is? <laughs> Singapore, is Singapore one of the colonies? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Maybe him and Singapore James has a... get to play because they've got they both got two first names. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's hit a purple patch of form while he's been over there, Tim Dave. You might remember his WA bloke, but he came to the Hobart Hurricanes and. Mm-hmm. Uh, mashed up the Renegades in the first game, got an 80 or something. Yep. And then, um, yeah, he's um, hit some form playing a list A 50 over cricket for Surrey when the, all their players were off playing the 100. And so well was he going in the list A stuff, hit a couple of tons, striking about 150, that um, he got picked up as a late replacement for the finals week of the 100 because um, Colin de Gronholm or someone had to fly out to go to Bangladesh to play for New Zealand. He's come in, took a stunning catch in the final, uh, took a few a wicket or so with his part-time spin and got a few runs. So he's just having an unbelievable week. And to cap it off, he got an IPL deal off the back of it. Not bad, he's done it? the old Aaron Keating yeah. and just dropped in the fucking week of the grand final. <laughs> 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 the parachute. Unbelievable story. Just in a real purple patch and um, good on him. Hmm. Yeah, so well done. And speaking of unbelievable stories, we're going to touch on um, the latest man to be appointed as a trade envoy to Australia. Oh, and <laughs> Sir Beefy himself, Ian Botham. So, um, so the big beef was named as the new face of British produce in Australia. Oh, Botham is one of, one of 10 trade envoys appointed by British PM <laughs> Boris Johnson to boost British business in Australia, Brazil and Canada. Between me and you, uh, beefy, I would have been going to Brazil, mate. But anyway, well, never float your boat, I guess. Just random dartboard and a fucking yeah. map to pick the three yeah. countries, and it, the three <laughs> furthest away from each other countries. Yeah. Like, surely it would be Indonesia, Australia, and New Zealand, or something along those lines. Uh, pretty- I'm not sure you're up to speed with how international junket politics work. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all, <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And there, uh, uh, from what I've read briefly, at least the the reciprocating trade envoy to mm. um, uh, England from Australia is uh, one of our least favourite and worst prime ministers, in my opinion, Tony Abbott. <laughs> oh, oh. Is, it's a unpaid role other than like, oh, you know, okay. you get flown over there and yeah. shit. And you, 
but it's it's unpaid in inverted commas that you know there's yeah. absolute benefits and stuff you know that they would get, just get to live in another country. So uh, yeah, yeah, free of charge. Yeah, before we keep banging on, I'll finish on the notes. I've got to sorry, sorry. So uh, yeah, so as we, as stated, this is a good old fashioned jobs for the boys situation. So both of them supported the Brexit campaign and was seen side by side with old mate Boris Johnson at a few at a number of public events. Uh, due to his loyalty, he was later appointed to the House of Lords as Baron Botham of Ravensworth in the county of North Yorkshire. So oh, well done to Baron fucked. Botham. So the beefy Baron, as he's now effectively fucking known. So um, so this so this is England's first post-Brexit trade deal with Australia. God. And the Spruits are going to bring in cheaper barbecue meats and wine to supermarkets in England. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Also, there's also flagged as an opportunity for better access for British companies to invest in as well as send their products to Australia. So there oh, we fucking okay. go. Yes, Alex. So uh, Beefy both of does have his own wine label. I would imagine those in are the top of the top of the fucking... You know what do we what do we want to import? Well, wine specifically the varieties of wine that my wine label makes, and um, the price range my wine label makes. I think what happened was that um, both of them stopped working for Sky. Not really sure why. Commentating cricket, and uh, so then he was at a loose end. And as you said, Mick, he went to the ICC and asked for your match referee, and they said they were full. <laughs> and then he went to his next best mate and asked for a trade invoice. Don't be full, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not having one job for the boys, you might as well have a different job for the boys. have only got one fat cut. That's all. We've got multiple fat cuts as a match referee. He doesn't own enough fluoro. Couldn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, Sorry, as Alex said, but because um, like it's not a paid position, but Beefy is involved with the winery in Australia, and now he gets to travel out here and deal with his winery for free or on yeah. the taxpayer time. So ah. fucking isn't that just a great work? Yes, Alex. Uh, I I am looking forward to the Beefy selling beef eater gin. Ads <laughs> in Australia, like surely that would be. Look, I'd probably cast aside my absolute horror at this job for the boys, fucking lord shit, and laugh at an ad with beefy selling beef eater gin in Australia. I'm looking forward to Baron Beefy's beef barbecue sausage. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hey, see, then I, I, I worry there, Mick, because they're all big pork sausage fans over in yeah, the UK and try and bring in their pork rubbish to this country. I mean, no, we don't want that. <laughs> so you can have a, a beefy patty, maybe, rather than a beefy sausage. Beefed <laughs> hams, perhaps. <laughs> a big beef sword. <laughs> well, that's funny because when his phone got hacked, that's it well this is funny because the same thing happened to kumar sangakara his phone got hacked and all <laughs> the hacker did was send a dick pic i did read a great dangerous. article um, which was a little bit like you know nose up sort of language in it but it was remarking on it's interesting how whenever a hacker hacks someone the point you've made here Ross yeah. that they don't go in there and steal all their money or find <laughs> some really damning stuff maybe they've had some you know 
um, fraud involved it in their life or someone. something like yep, yeah. killed some rat. Yep, exactly. No, all it is is we'll post one dick pic, <laughs> just one on Twitter too, and we're not going to hold him to ransom at all for anything. We're not going <laughs> to we're not going to tell him that we've got this pic and say, right, send us a million dollars, and we won't distribute this picture. What we'll do is we'll just get the picture and send it out immediately, so we have no leverage left. That's what hackers love doing. <laughs> Ah, are those crazy yeah. guys? Oh, they can make oh, so much money. They do it to politicians as well. They don't yeah. find, you know, you know, Australia's secrets. You know, <laughs> <sighs> they just love causing chaos. They do those damn hackers. Mm, uh, speaking of hackers, there's a few <laughs> blokes. Uh, there's a few blokes with cricket patches hacking at the ball over the last few days over yeah. in England. And Dave, you're going to let us know what's been happening in the Test match. Between uh, India and England in the last couple of days. Yeah, so you know, pardon the pun, but it's been pretty spicy this match. Um, the old <laughs> pre-game was centered around obviously Virat Kohli and um, what's the idiot's name? Jimmy Anderson, James Jimmy Anderson. Anderson, I should say. Not Jimmy. He's a grown man. His name's James. <laughs> James Anderson, and <laughs> they were having content. words. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> having words about some you know short bowling tactics or whatever, like. Just get over it, Jim. You can't bat. You're going to have to cop a couple of short ones. Don't stress. Anyway, so. Pick your stumps over, cunt. Yeah. You're playing for your fucking country. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Before Billy we, Stanley, before we move into the test match, the thing that did surprise me about um, this thing with Anderson and Coley was I never really realised that, you know, Burak Coley's a bit of an excitable person. And, yeah, you know, real, isn't just, it? Yeah, he just, he, like, he just gets a bit up and about when things are going his way and, so it's um it was really interesting to see that side of Virat because you never see that. So yeah. It's so reserved usually. <laughs> Out of character, I would yeah. say, Mick. But, yeah. So um Virat Kohli correctly called at the toss. Uh, I don't have a stat on what it was, but uh, he called correctly and decided that he would like to bat. Um so everything went pretty well. First ball they got off the mark with a single. Uh, then it turned to shit for the Indians from there. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They were, they were rolled within 40 overs for 78. Jesus um, Christ. Fucking the, the best score was Rohit Sharma's 19 off 105 balls. Fucking uh, hell. A strike rate of 18.1. And that is out of character. Yep. And then there was a Jinka Rahane, and then the next best was extras with 11 leg buys and five <laughs> no balls. Um, Jimmy Anderson, the best of the bowlers. He got three wickets for six runs from his eight overs. Um, then, you know, uh, Oldie Robinson, Sam Curran pitched in with two, and Craig Overton got three at the end. Um, Sam Curran's an interesting one. He, 125 kilometer an hour throwdowns. <laughs> I, I am. I am trickier with the ball flogger <laughs> at training than what Sam Curran is. Just dead set, straight up and downs. I don't know how he continues to get a game, but he does. He's short too, isn't he? Because he gets he? himself to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, catches yeah. a train to the ground. Yeah. And, uh, saves left saves arm, the ECB he? money. He, he just kisses the deck. So yeah. He creates variation. You know, you bowlers. can't just have good bowlers that are all right arm over into the pitch bowlers that get wickets. You have to have variation. Bowls a light ball. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they throw him a different ball. Pitch. It's 90 grams. So, um, so England England are still currently replying, and they are 8 for 423. 
Um, so they lead by 345 runs with two wickets remaining in their first inning. Uh, Joe Root, 121, uh, underpinned the England innings. That's his 600 in this calendar year alone. Jesus Christ. Um, going. He certainly made up for just making 50s for 10 years and has now started <laughs> to decide to make some hundreds, which is great. Um, there was another, not sure if you caught this, Roscoe. I, you're usually across uh, all the goings-ons in test cricket, but did you see the Darwood Milan dismissal? Yeah, he caught uh, the ball, the wicketkeeper, but he had his gloves taped up. Apparently. Yeah, so there was an illegal taping of gloves and then um, they went to lunch on that wicket and then... They'd come back after lunch and have decided that you know that was no longer appropriate for his gloves to be taped up. Now, my thing is there is obviously there's been a complaint made from the English camp because yes. they were checking they were checking the catch to make sure it was legal, and obviously then the the tape shows up because they're sitting there looking at the footage for about ten minutes, deciding on whether he caught it or not. You fuck at four hundred runs in front. Don't worry about if some priest got taped <laughs> his gloves. You're flying. <laughs> Don't stress. You're all good. Fucking hell. It is. But that doesn't matter to international cricketers. It's just nah. weird. It's different cricket than everywhere else in the world, where this like min-maxing of the most minute, unimportant thing gets dragged out. It's it's like complaining about people wasting time, and then the conditions change five yeah. minutes later, and then you're wasting time. Yeah, let's and then they the complain about you wasting time. time. Yeah. It's like fucking and, yeah. You know yeah. what's going to be interesting uh, in this one, Mick, is uh, Jimmy Anderson obviously next into bat. Uh, with England being eight down, does Joe Root call him in at the fall of this wicket, or does he show a bit of pill and send Jimmy Anderson out there to cop a few short balls from the Indian bowlers? As a, um, you know, as close to a Test captain as you can be, a former second eleven in captain this group, Park especially, cricket, yeah. Um, if I had a fast bowler who'd been in the media gobbing off all week and having a wind back and short stuff, I'd be sending him out. Fucking there, you go, pal. <laughs> Put your, test card on, put your test card on James and out your throttle, son. Fucking go see how you go. Um, because you know what? It might actually fucking rattle the Indians a bit because they got their dander up. He might actually get a few sneaky runs yeah. and make him even angrier. So, yeah. If um, got... Coley had any sense of theatre, he'd bring himself on to bowl. Yeah. yeah. And Anderson comes <laughs> out and then try and wang down a few half trackers. Um, oh, I've got some horrible news for you, Alex. Yes, mate. Uh, Ishan Sharma, 22 overs, none for 92, going <laughs> four and over. Um, so I'm not okay. sure how long he's got left, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Probably 10 more tests. Maybe I should yeah. get another barrel that we've never done. <laughs> he's played 10 since and the te- a test immediately after I said he'd never play again. I think he played four out of the next four tests. So That's great. I'm, I'm torn here because you know, I fucking hate the Indian cricket team. But I also fucking hate the English cricket team. So I am really, really torn as to what's going on. I mean, the only good thing about it is that no one can win the series now. Um, So England will win this test. India won the previous and there's a draw in the... Oh, no, is it three tests? There's two left, is there, Ross? There's five tests. Oh, Oh, really? Shit. Wow. I'm just so used to everything being three tests. I just assume no one can win. Yeah, they're playing three over three in three weeks, three weekends in a row. Uh, you probably mentioned that. Before. I thought it was only Australia that played five test series against the other teams. Wow. Hopefully that'll India piss off all of their English listeners. Has, um, have just of late reinstated, they were doing four tests for a while like Australia do when mm. they go to India, India yeah. and vice versa, yeah. but they've upped it to five in the last couple of series. Home I wonder why. It wouldn't be because Indian cricket team brings in a shit ton of money, would it? <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure it is. I'm surprised Australia don't do it. <laughs> well, so we could lose even fucking worse on our yeah, own. Think of the money. Think of the money. <laughs> the money. Uh, oh, I mean, I think I've picked the eyes out of that, to be fair, Mick. Yeah, sounds good. One other point I wanted to add yes, there yeah, was um, I've forgotten. Mm. <laughs> hey, you've caught my disease. It must be COVID. Maybe I've given you COVID over the last uh, Forgetting uh, what you were going to say. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, I've remembered now. England have gone back to some of their um, blokes that sort of cut from the test team. I thought never be selected again. Mo Ali's back batting at seven and being their sole spinner. And Johnny Bairstow's back in the team bat at five or something like that, not keeping. So and Hamid as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, he wasn't. It's just that. Um, and Dawood Milan too. Those blokes they brought out here for the last Ashes, who I think oh, they've mean discarded. More yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Discarded, but, moved on from. They brought him back. Bairstow, Milan, and um, Milan got Malala. a hundred out here. Milan got a hundred out here. Yeah, in but the, just one of the ill-fated Ashes. It's just yeah. strange. I thought he was a good player, and he's obviously back now. Well, Is he the one that like averages fifty odd in T20s? Like he's flying. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah he's yeah. a T20 jet. Yeah. Uh, the thing I like most, David, of watching Test cricket from England is watching James Anderson and Stu Broaden. I know he's not playing at the minute. Get the ball checked through the ball hoop every oh, three balls. Oh <laughs> fuck! And one that... ball doesn't swing. Check it. Mm. Check That's... the fucking ball. <laughs> it's not on the same lines with like removing tape from. Oh, run this through the ball hoop, would you? It that just probably that. helps I'll do them it once out. a session. That's it. And then you've got to yeah. hear the fucking pricks crap on about it. Oh, no. I've got to go through one hoop, but not the other. It's like hearing about the dog track at the Gabba. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, Everyone like knows. That. We it's all know. Like you know, you know, it's like it's in part of their repertoire of preparing themselves. Yes, Anderson yeah. and Broad. You know, other bowlers might have to have a big stretch and a couple of looseners and yeah. then check you know, the ball. Jog, jog around. No, they got to have the ball checked. <laughs> oh, uh, Trade how you play, Ross. Like there's no point not preparing how you play. Like, so they're in the nets getting the get, ball checked. Get some old bloke in a white fucking jacket to just chuck a ball through a hoop every four balls you bowl. Oh my god, that's, that's why Big Dumb Paddy takes wickets off no balls. Good take balls in the nets fucking yes, big exactly. no balls that's what he wants that's part of his KPIs uh, so after the recent display by the Indians only getting 78 what are the odds that we think um, old mate from the previous test Java will get picked in the coming test yeah <laughs> the old pitch invader it just seems like oh, really specific funny. to England that yes. they've got these weird blokes that manage to just get on to major sporting events. Well, they seeming just walk mm. onto the field and do it, right? What they do differently to other countries is they go the full kit wanker style. Yeah. So look like part of the team. <laughs> and just and wander out like that. Because there was some bloke who was like stood next to David Beckham in the Champions League yes. game or something. Yeah, right? yeah he's, and, he's a serial pest, isn't he? Yeah. 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 That was a, bit, a long time ago. But yes, oh, yeah, did like 20, 30 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, what um, got me about that book? Did you see what number he had in his back? 69. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> if, he, if he played AFL football, he would have some sort of semblance of skill, but be resigned to the twos and yeah. he'd be a thug also. <laughs> and a fucking idiot. Probably yeah, oh, yeah, yeah idiot on the pitch. Have too. a ponytail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, low ponytail. <laughs> Uh, all righty, so, so we'll move on from there. And speaking of wankers, we're going to touch on the biggest wanker doing the rounds at the moment, <laughs> and that is everyone's favourite madman, 
Justin fucking Langer. So, um, every man and his dog this week has written an opinion piece on Justin Langer. <laughs> Sometimes and, um, multiple and, opinion oh, pieces. And as a podcast, we're going to pick those opinion pieces, two oh, pieces. Yeah. But um, so we're gonna have, we're gonna we're gonna have a listen to what these people think of Australian cricket's resident kung fu master, and we might put our little uh, fucking opinion in there as well. So the one thing I did um, get a suggestion during the week of um, from one of our favourite listeners to the hustler. So hello, Huff. but um, he basically suggested that for those of you who've seen Billy Madison, you'll remember Steve Bashimi is in Billy Madison. He plays a character <laughs> which I since found out thanks to Huss called Danny McGrath. Who Billy Madison bullied in um, high school, and he rings him up to apologize. And Steve Buscemi's sitting there cleaning a gun, and turns to the wall, and has a list of people he's getting revenge on, and happens to cross out Billy Madison's name after after he apologizes, then puts on some red lipstick and sits back on the couch. That is how I imagine Justin Langer this week, sitting on the couch with lipstick on, looking at the wall with a list of these people that have been plotting him in the fucking media, yeah. waiting. For revenge that will come at some point, and not so, and not scrubbing them off, just adding more and more names, highlighting yeah. them, just writing over, <laughs> and over and the highlighter over and over again. All righty, so we're going to start off with a few of the people that are on Langer's hit list. The hit list is too long. We obviously probably can't do it all in a week, so we'll just we'll just go with who's on there this week. Yes, Roscoe, Are you put your hand up. No, no, sorry, no, it's just stretching. All good. Mm. So number one, which will not surprise anyone who watched the who watched the test, which was the series on Amazon, is Usman Kawaja. So, but the weird thing with the old Usman ones, he won't actually get his name crossed off the list due to this this week. But he actually came out in defence of Justin Langer on YouTube of all fucking places. So, um, yeah, he's got his own YouTube channel. Yeah. Weird. So. This might just be a man trying to get his test spot back, and it's been a couple of years, so he's trying to get his name back out there. But um, so Usman seemed to have a real issue with the fact that the players complaining about Langer wasn't kept in house because you know what? Who doesn't love a really good fucking cover up? That's what everyone loves. So, so the quote from Usman was he in brackets I've written Langer because pronouns pal um probably feels like the guys in the team are stabbing him in the back. And that's no what shit. it looks like, was Usman's quote. So, um, very interesting, Usman. I'm surprised that he has this need to defend Langer. It's like he, it's it's almost, you know, he does protest too loudly. Like he, um, I think that he fucking hates, um, he hates fucking Langer and he has to do everything in his power to come out the other side and say, no, fucking Langer's great, mate. You know, he's really good. I really like him. I don't fucking buy it for a second, personally. One thing I want to touch on, another thing Usman said, and then we can talk about his comments. Um, he also said he deserves the opportunity to coach Australia in the T20 World Cup, and he deserves the opportunity to coach Australia in the Ashes. Why? Yeah, Why does he deserve it? What makes him so special that he fucking deserves it? A hundred test matches is not a reason that you can just coach for as long as you fucking like. Yes, Roscoe. Incumbent. So Lang is the incumbent, we've got to respect it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> must be the most of the first word written on the um board in the whiteboard in the training yeah. room is incumbent and he just incumbent. fucking bashes it. <laughs> I think that's the yeah, constitution. The CA constitution just says Cricket Australia, 
Incumbent. incumbent. <laughs> and, then, and then underneath that, it says elite honesty. Yeah. <laughs> but Smile incumbent with on us, the top. Says, yeah. Oh, fuck. Smile Jesus. with the incumbent. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, it is. A, I didn't expect that position from Usman. Yeah, it's. Um, I didn't expect him to have his own YouTube channel. Yeah, I guess I it's not that hard. It's probably free. So. But we didn't expect Josh Lane to be I didn't expect us to have a podcast. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Up Forty bucks for it. I didn't expect COVID, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Guys. I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't that, read the tea leaves there, did you, Ross? Yeah, yeah. No, two main weapons, Ross. Anyway. <laughs> Surprise, and <laughs> no, no, three main weapons. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff, Mick. Um, I I don't know. I feel like Usman is um, one of the more trustworthy opinions to listen to that is actually talking how he feels. I feel. Yeah. I agree anyway, out of all yeah. of cricket Australia, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So he's pretty I'm, articulate, and he I think he does just say honestly what he thinks. Like you see, yeah, he just yeah. goes out and does funny buggers with the toss because he chooses to. So, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah and his stuff on the on the test as well, um, which we should talk about. The te- are we going to talk about the test, Mick? The, the um, uh, documentary? Can. Yeah. Because we talked about it when it came out about 12 months ago. Oh, I just wanted this. There's some news, which is another blow up from Justin Langer. So oh, he, is there? Okay. Yeah, no, let's so, touch on that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So he, yeah. he negotiated. <laughs> Uh, oh, as he yes, thought, the, yes, yes. As he thought at the time, yeah. you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be part of this test. The cricket Australia is sort of thrust it upon us, but I'll negotiate forty thousand dollars for the test. The, you know, it's just money. It's just jam on top. You know, cream on top of the jam. Sorry, you know, forty k, forty k. Oh, what a fucking negotiator, me and my manager. I assume it's Liam Pickering yeah. that he's got, but. Um, <laughs> You know, cream on the top, 40K. I've done a great deal. The only good thing that I think the Australian Cricketers Association has ever done, which was if you were on the test for a second footage of you as a player, you got 80K. (laughs) So there's guys that are in, like, the background of training that played for Australia in the Australian setup. I mean, there might have been net bowlers overseas. Net bowlers don't get a shit, whatever. Um, but there's guys that are, you know, just filling in the numbers or on a squad, just filling in and, you know, in a huddle, they get 80K straight away. It's locked in. So and Leggett was furious about that, apparently. <laughs> you know why yeah, I feel for in that situation? Jeff Bezos, who missed out on another, he missed out on another gold-plated toilet because Dan Christian was in the background starting the training session. <laughs> So I really feel for him and the people at Amazon that lost that. I know. Game. Could have had two dick rockets flying yeah. in the sky. They got one. <laughs> yes, Roscoe. Oh, that's amazing to think, yeah. like, you know, the 15th squad member who didn't play a test in the Ashes yeah. and probably was cut yeah. from all the scenes except for one where he walks across behind someone getting interviewed, yeah. yep. gets 80K. Unbelievable. Yep. Absolutely. And. Mm. I've done a Ross here and forgot what I said. <laughs> oh, no, no. There, was, a, there was one tweet that I posted in our group chat, which was deleted afterwards. Uh, yeah. And it was from an Australian TV personality going, Adam Zwar. 40K? You are kidding me. You get 40K for doing an ad. Well, you do an ad on telly, and it's like, that's like people get paid oh, more okay. for doing one ad on telly. It's like, you know, an up and coming actor extra style. You get 40K. And yeah. it's like, it's amazing that he. Negotiated said, such a small 
number. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he should have been aiming for 10 times that. Or something, yeah, as a yeah. If forty k is going rate for an ad, I just like to pitch here. I'm happy to do like four or five ads a year. If anyone, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I for one, think seconds. this reflects badly on Frederick Harold. I mean, we're probably up for about forty million dollars right about now. <laughs> uh, we, mentioned it, thing, we would have mentioned it a thousand times. Oh, yeah. no, the, one thing I did take times. from the Usman was that he deserves part of his opinion. Like He deserves yeah. the opportunity to coach Australia in the T20 World Cup. He is the coach of five consecutive T20i series losses. He deserves to be sacked. Not fucking <laughs> rewarded. <laughs> sacked. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, well, I know I, they're second-rate squads, but if we're the te- if we're the nation we're meant to be, our, our Australia A should still be able to beat Bangladesh. No offense to Bangladesh, but come on, like, we should at least be able to like. We used three, to be so strong. Our Australia and Australia A used to play each other at the MCG and fucking finals at teeth of, of ODI series. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, he, he's got he's got a re- reclaimed ashes, and that's literally pretty much all he's done. Yeah. Which was a drawn series, and he's a made a retained, retained, not yeah, reclaimed. Yeah, retained. absolutely. Yeah, no, I don't say reclaimed, sorry, retained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and he's got a semi final in the ODI World Cup. Yeah, yeah. That would. That's it. I Which mean, a par. couple of home series wins against non, not strong sides. Yeah, but like yeah. Ross said, World Cup, like when you're one of the top nations, we are semi semi finals, like the minimum yeah. you should be expecting. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't saying that as like no, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a thing. It's a, it's a failure. We should be, especially Australia's yeah. pedigree in World Cup ODIs and in ODIs in general. We seem to focus on it from the short form of the game. We shouldn't be just bowing out in the semis. And Australia's so strong at hitting boundaries. We might have won that final. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Well, <laughs> big hitters, especially in really the T20 eyes. Big levers. Yeah. Uh, all righty. So the next, uh, the next man on uh, Justin Langer's hit list is uh, veteran cricket journalist uh, Malcolm Conn, who recently wrote an article with the uh, airplane etiquette expert himself, Dan Bredick, and... Oh, um, so they basically just wrote an article that, that reminded everyone that Langer is really, really hard work to deal with, like he has been for the last two years. This is Malcolm's running um, thesis through all his articles about Langer pretty much, is that Langer's angry and he's a turd and he's hard to deal with. So yeah. um, so Malcolm, the main crux of the article from what I read, I got bored of reading it after a while, I won't fucking lie. So if someone else read more and wants to chip in, they're more than welcome. But the main crux of his article, he pointed out that Cricket Australia spent 100 k on two reviews in the last few years and but didn't do anything about it until they held a meeting this week. And it was, the meeting included the CA chairman, Earl Eddings, the CA newly appointed CEO, Nick Hockley, Tim Payne, Aaron Pint and Paddy Cummins, where they effectively said the exact same thing, that all the players and the staff members... Uh, Langer is wearing everyone out and he is hard work, which has been the report out of the Australian camp nearly since the day he was appointed. After the uh, the bloom came off the rose in about the six, first six to eight months, this has pretty much been what everyone's been saying about Langer. So, um, yes, yeah, so that was Malcolm's point that basically the blown money on this. Yes, Alex. Um, yeah, but you, you're forgetting that Langer... Uh... 
all the way through is said he'll get better. Don't worry yes. about it. He'll get yes. better. Oh, <laughs> improving. It's going to change. It's going to change. Yeah, he's going to get better man. later. Well, yeah. obviously, by improving exactly how I tell you guys to get better. By improving. The, the other interesting point in that article that um, Malcolm wrote um, was that they they brought in a guy called Tim Ford who was something to do with um he, he was got a professor at Harvard and deals in something rah rah rah. They brought him in. <laughs> I, I don't remember, but they brought him in, and his role was to work with Cricket Australia and work with the players and the coaches and all the staff and work out what was the best way to integrate Steve Smith and David Warner back into the side after Sandpaper Gate and how that was all rah rah. So the word from that was is that every time. Tim Ford went to talk with someone and said, you know, to talk about what they believe the best way to help these guys get, you know, acclimated and get, you know, used to the situation again. Yeah. Everything was them going, yeah, mate, but yeah, but the coach. And then just complaining about Langer, which means they Cricket Australia paid this bloke to do this job that he couldn't really do because all the players, apparently, according to yeah. this article, all the players wanted to do was whinge about Langer. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I think in that article, um, it was reported that that meeting they all had, um, you know, the players were going to come and bring their viewpoint on yeah. the coach and stuff like that, Come, got blindsided by a media announcement by Cricket Australia backing Langer in yeah. for the T20s and Ashes and his end of everything. So I think the players were disappointed that they were like, well, What's the point of this meeting then? Yeah. If we're going to come in and put our viewpoint, but then if our viewpoint is negative, it won't make any difference because you publicly backed the coach. And so, and I think after that, Tim Payne come out and publicly backed the coach, which yeah. is, well, what are you going to do, right? You can't come out and be like, I disagree with Cricket Australia. I'm the captain of it. It would have gone fucking mental, right? So he had to, regardless of how he feels. He could. It'd be very entertaining. It'd be better for us if he did. Oh, <laughs> it would be very similar to Sandpaper Gate Australia, yeah. I think. But, but for a man that. who um, is constantly being sacked by the media and getting have his captaincy taken off, it's probably best to side the one bloke he's backing you in having a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you do the little dip, 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 dom, 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 and stand in your line like yeah. a boy scout, mm-hmm. I think. But um, yeah, like oh, Malcolm Con went off tap this last <laughs> couple of weeks. I reckon he wrote five articles on the one yeah. topic. Uh, it's nuts. Same with Dan Brennick. Um, and look, mm-hmm. their the points are valid, in my opinion. Um, it's just a lot of shit. But yeah, Ross. Yeah, so you're right, Malcolm Con. I, I was trying to look for the article that I was trying to get a quote from out of, but I had to search through three other articles you wrote this week about Langer to find the one. Anyway, I found it. <clears throat> and he had more of an inside view than like Bredick, who's on the outside of the tent pissing on. Yeah. So um, because he worked, Malcolm Con, as the media manager for the Australian cricket team for a couple of years there while yeah, he okay. was coach. Yeah, yeah that's and real weird, though. That's weird to me that he did that. I don't know. Continue. Aww. Sorry. Cool, mate. <laughs> yeah. Hot take from Alex. Continue. Oh, big ups from Malcolm Cohen because he, he had a go at Gavin Dovey in this article, so that was good. You beauty. Um, yeah, yeah. Goes, We're all for anyone doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. And uh, um, I'll just read a little bit of it. It said, an hour before the first, first match of the summer, as players were warming up on Adelaide Oval and Mark Howard was dodging fastballs, doing pre-match interviews for Fox. There was a roar in my left ear. Startled, looked around. There was Langer, steely-eyed and square-jawed. I quickly looked to see if a Fox cameraman or cable had got in the way of a warm-up drill because he didn't want them doing interviews with the players but couldn't see anything. 
what's that? Like a roared again, pointing over his shoulder. We've got to play these blokes in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the video screen next to the Adelaide Oval scoreboard was showing highlights of Lasith Malinga bowling batsman with his trademark Yorkers. I had another quick look around the ground, but no one was paying attention to the screen. They were too busy watching the warm-ups. I went off to look for whoever was in charge of the screen output, but could not help wondering whether there were more important things to worry about yeah. going into yeah. the first match of the summer. So there's an old it's, adage in coaching. Ooh, it's called yeah. control the controllables. Yeah. You don't have any fucking control over what gets put on the screen. And if your team is that mentally feeble, that seeing highlights from yesteryear of a bloke slinging some rocks down at international level, then you've got bigger fucking problems than what's on the screen, pal. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Oh, it's got bigger problems like what's on the website. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That What's me, been tweeted somewhere? Yeah, that to me, it falls into this uh, idea of um, that he, it's got to be controlled. I know that, but it's also like, what's wrong with seeing highlights of another yeah. um, country? Like, what, what's yeah. the big issue is that? Oh, I know the problem. Yeah. Racist. No, no, they were they were playing ice house and not drum and bass. Oh, no. So oh, yeah. the, his players couldn't really take in the information, oh. you know, from <laughs> without drum and bass. So, like, so how many times would they have watched uh, video highlights of Lasith Malinga to work out how to play in Ross in a team yeah. meeting, for example? Oh, right? It's just it's absolute nonsense. <sighs> uh, there's two aspects, and Con sums it up in one sentence, and there's two personality traits of Langer that he covers off, and I agree with both of them. Players are worn down Can't. by the volatile, <laughs> high-stress environment he inhabits as a coach. Yep. Yeah, and we've all seen that craziness. And this bit, which I think is the nail in the coffin for a professional coach in these times, his folksy, cliched, motivational homilies. <laughs> I just think that it's all gone past that, the motivational speeches yeah. and that. I just yeah. think professional athletes, I just think that's in the past. That's gone. There's just my, my real concern with the Australian dressing room at the minute is that there's not enough bar fridges for him to sit on and <laughs> therefore his message isn't getting yeah. across yeah. as it should. It's, I, I blame um, climate change and having just, you know, one five-star energy rated fridge, fridge freezer <laughs> combo in the room and everyone puts all their stuff in that, you know. It's, well, you I can't be coached. I'm pulling their sponsorship. That's who I blame. <laughs> you can't be coached in isolation. We all know yeah. that. You know, Pat Cummins is struggling. Josh Hazelwood's struggling in isolation. Yep. Can't do any exercise, can't be coached. It's not Langer's fault. I'm on Langer. <laughs> I think one, one thing they're grappling with, which I think it might be even COVID-related, is that Langer was the right choice for a short-term fix. Yeah. And yeah, coming Tim off Nielsen the sandpaper stuff, I don't know that Tim Nielsen did jack shit, but anyway. <laughs> well, um, coming off the coach, oh, Langer retained the ashes. Now, they should have won. That last test was a disgrace oh, at the knows. Oval. Yeah. But I don't know if it's his plan or someone else, or he listened to someone else. Doesn't really matter because he takes the credit or the blame. The way they rotated the fast bowlers in the first four tests of that Ashes series, one is the series, yes. I reckon. Mm. Yes. yes, Steve Smith bad like a gem, and so did Manus. But if they'd gone with best four bowlers every test match, we would with start, which would have been start plan every test match. Yeah. We wouldn't have won it. Mm. No chance because they would have given it once. We didn't yeah. win it, but no, but we wouldn't have retained. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and they had a blow up. You know, they, they were ups and downs, um, stage one and flows. Of the game, and all that sort of stuff. And the last one was a disaster. Yeah, and they gave up. It was pathetic. But hmm. um, it, I actually thought it was good coaching. Whoever said it, he takes the credit or the blame. Langer. They did the rotation of the fast bowls, and it was like a breath of fresh breath of fresh air. And we are one of my biggest criticisms of him. Look what he's done the last two home summits. Same four bowlers every yeah. single test match. Yeah. And look against again, get a good team like India, got real depth, and we just tailed right off. Yep. It was pathetic. That's that's my biggest criticism of him. How can you go from doing that and seeing it work? Okay, didn't get it perfectly right, but no team really does get their rotations right. Look at England going over to India. Mm. Uh, you know, they were probably over-rotated. It was Australia had it about right in England, and then they come to the home summer and just try and just, blast out. Yeah, blast out, bad tactic. Like I read that Brad McNamara article, and he was yeah, it was hard work, but he, he, <laughs> he had one good point, Alex, which was why did they at the SCG test try to bounce out as they yep. so often do, yep. bounce out the tail, and most often than not, it's bloody Mitchell Stark who's at fault with that. Too. Yeah, I'm trying to get him out, but he's yeah. probably told to do that. That's the issue. Oh, like, I know. He'd want, to be hitting, he'd want to be hitting the pegs more than anyone you'd imagine because he doesn't. Yeah, but I still, think it's, I still think it's fast bowler mentalities. Um, yeah, yeah. because I, I play with the I play with the, I used to play with the bike in the twos at West Ivan in the last couple of years, and he's a very good bowler and he's a ones bowler, but he, he's been playing twos. And I used to say to him like he bowled that like fucking Glen McGrath just back of a length, just outside off, trying to nick blokes off. It's like. I used to say to him, I go, I go, look at you, Corden. But no one there's fucking catching anything. <laughs> <laughs> These guys bowl at the fucking stumps. So I just bowl at the fucking stumps. I didn't think you would go it that way, to be honest. <laughs> and that's what um, uh, Tim Payne, he should be running down to Stark and saying, Good, good fucking Boy, Warner. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have his grippers him. on. He's not allowed yeah. to wear the <laughs> things anymore. He doesn't have to tape his hands all that like he used to. Okay? Yeah. The ball's not fucking swinging, mate, because we don't have the sandpaper anymore. <laughs> we used to have Warner at mid off, you know, with his taped up. <laughs> just bowl at the stumps, you know. Yeah. Yes, Alex. Can I bring it just a bit back to the tokenistic jingoism? I think you sure can, cool. because I actually want to talk about that as well. So, yes. Mm. I wanted to say that. Like I mean, it's it's done to a lesser extent in local cricket, and not so much anymore because the younger kids, younger adults, absolutely do not resonate with that shit. And and I'm talking yeah. about stuff like love for your club and old school cricket stuff and wearing the cap and getting all around it. You know, I don't think you know this could be me just being an old fuckhead now, but I just don't think it resonates as much as it sort of used to. You need to motivate the younger adult and, um, you know, teenager a little bit differently, and it's more about, you know, having yeah, fun. Show, show them a good TikTok before the session. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and away we go. I'm fired up, coach. Thank you Do for a that. TikTok dance with a little bit, like, like, you know, yeah. do the floss, you know, fucking running down to fucking Orange Justice <laughs> together yeah. as a team as we do a warm-up laps. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the sort of, like, we're fucking diggers. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That gets oh, done yeah. in, like, you know, high-level shit, but at local level, it's more like, you know, come on, we're West Ivan, we're Roosters, or we're yeah, like Port yeah. team, you know. No. But the kids don't really give a shit. They just want to play cricket and have fun. Right? Yeah. Yes, Roscoe. Yeah, I think you're right, Alex. And you notice that with AFL teams, not to get too off track, but they come out and now Richmond and other clubs like that, they tell a joke in the huddle before yeah. they break for, at the end of three quarters or start of the last quarter. 
stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, they don't go in and go rah 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 sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. passion, yeah. passion. We are these pricks yeah. for the but jumper. It is, it is interesting because well, there was an article I can't remember who wrote it. There was an article we shared around in that group. It did mention, but that Langer and all all Langer's coaching mentors and coaching friends and all this stuff are all AFL or rugby league coaches. Mm. They're not like, there's no other like cricket people. And that whole like, even though maybe not so much now, but a lot of that rah rah mentality and the way he seems to go about it is very football and very like that kind of mentality about things. Yes, Alex. Yeah, and what I read that article as well. Um, we'll go nameless uh, anonymous article writer because none of us can remember, yeah. but it uh, that they, they Langer is in a coach's support group. Yes. Which I think is funny terminology yeah. for like probably yeah. just a WhatsApp group or something. They have it's a like they're in the bottom of a church. Fucking like, yeah, like, they, like, <laughs> yeah, coach is anonymous. Yeah. Uh, oh, my name's Justin. I coach a cricket team. Oh, yeah. Oh, Justin. Uh, oh, Justin. I've got my seventh year medallion. Uh, <laughs> seventh right. year coach. <laughs> uh, but he, at the end of the article, I think it was written that he had a session with Sir Alec Ferguson. Oh, okay. Manchester United coach. Yes. Superstar, yep. won shitloads of shit. Um, and won <laughs> shitloads of shit. Because no, I don't know, right? No, like, that's it. It's pretty accurate. Right? Yeah, he won yeah. shitloads of shit. And, and Sir Alex Ferguson said to him, and Langer retold this story to someone, <laughs> that, that he's... <laughs> Can you stop giving me intense eyes? We're just having You're a chat. Fuck yeah. uh, Take a couple chat. of steps back, Rick. <laughs> having a coffee. Get off the fridge. <laughs> perfectly good chair. Just he walked into the, walked into the, the change room. wicker chair right here. <laughs> he walked into the change rooms at Old Trafford and just jumped straight on a fridge. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Get out. Sir Alex Ferguson said he was an old school coach and there was a quote about you know you have to have control people talk about giving players control but they don't actually really want it what they want is a coach a controlling coach and Langer resonated with that so and I think oh, well, control freak. yeah yeah and that's his <laughs> like you know we, we bash him with shit but that's his yeah. style right and everyone knows it and I think a lot of the articles <laughs> written over the last couple of weeks are this isn't a surprise to everyone it shouldn't be a surprise to everyone <laughs> That Langer is like this, especially yeah. Malcolm Connor saying that. I think that like yeah. he's like this, and and I think the Brett Jeeves stuff. I'll segue yeah, which we'll touch on in a second. Yeah, uh, mentioned that as well. It's just not a surprise. You get what you get. Everyone knows who he is, and, and definitely he's resonating with that side. So that makes sense. With what he's doing, I definitely don't think it's the right way about it. But yeah. yes. I- his issue, his issue, obviously, he got stuck on a fridge once. And he couldn't get down. That's why he's so angry. And, it, and then Alex said, come here, little fella. I'll get you off the fridge. Oh, my name's Justin. I've been a cricket coach for six years. Oh, Justin. Oh, and I haven't yelled at a player for four days. <laughs> Uh. Everyone claps. <laughs> well done, Justin. As the bloke sitting backwards on a chair says. Uh. All righty, so we're going to move on. We'll talk. We'll call about the last couple of people on JLC uh, list, and then we'll uh, we'll see how we're going. So, as Ross mentioned earlier, Brad McNamara also took took to his hand to writing, if, you, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so the former New South Wales player in Australia decided um, <laughs> that the main takeaway from his column was 
that he agreed with someone else's opinion and basically wrote it like it was his own. He so, should come um, on this podcast, I think. <laughs> so Brad McNamara wrote, Warney and Chapelli were right. Cricket coaches are best when they're barely visible. So um, I always thought Warney's, coach, Warney's quote was the coach is the thing you catch to the ground. But anyway, yeah. um, I think that McNamara wrote in his article, which I do think is, even though it's Brad McNamara, he does have a fair point, is that when did the coach of the Australian cricket team become the most valuable and most important person in cricket? Because it does definitely seem there's a little bit of that vibe at the moment. Everything's about Langer and like, and Langer's the one that's upsetting the apple cart the most. Like every now and then you might have a player like a Warney who upsets the apple cart because he doesn't get on with Steve War, he doesn't get on with that person or whatever. That but it doesn't seem that there's anything within the group at the moment. It seems that it's the group against the bloke who's meant to be in charge of the group. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that too, Mick. And he did make a good point there. And I was like, oh, this article's really good. And then it yeah. slid off the rails after yeah. that. But, yeah, that is a good point. And he did say, like, it started with Darren Lehman's um, yes. uh, appointing. but and, and he did mention it started with Michael Clark being captain and Ponting was, you know, up until Ponting, they're all like man's man and they controlled yeah. the team. Yeah. And then Michael Clark that's, did. And I'm like, I disagree with that. I think Michael Clark did that's, control the That's team. where I lost the article. That's where the article lost mm. me. Because before yeah. that, Guinea writes... Um, Alan Border, Mark Taylor, Steve War, Ricky Ponting, they they come from the University of Life. Yes. And Michael Clark and Steve Smith straight out of high school, straight into the test team. It's like, well, is it like is it Michael Clark from the western suburbs of Sydney? But mm. Ricky Ponting had a fucking bat sponsor in 14. Yeah, yeah. Was the yeah. Test yeah. Side in 18 or something. Come up all the pathways. He's never had a life which his cricket yeah. wasn't involved in. Like it's like he's the worst of he was 30 because yeah. he just didn't yeah. have didn't need to because well, he wasn't living real life, yeah. so yeah, to speak. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a functioning member of society. Yeah. Exactly yeah, right. Ricky Ponting was not a functioning <laughs> member of society. <laughs> yeah, so I lost it there. It's like anyone who's a bit older was okay. Now these yeah. young guys are, oh, they're no good. Yeah. Um, Buzzard would have played against Ponting, so yeah. but then he wouldn't have played against Clark or with him. Uh, yeah. No. yeah, I think the main thing is, is the point like he made and Alex mentioned as well, is that when they appointed Lehman, all of a sudden the coach became a media personality to a degree. Like, mm. you really have that with, like, Bob Simpson and the guys. John Buchanan never done fucking that. interviews, like, really. They would talk, like, if they might have given an interview every now and then, but Darren Lehman, and probably due a little bit to the fact that he was friends with a lot of the guys that were in the cricket media at the time, guys like James Brayshaw and Brendan mm. Julian, all these guys, he either played with or against and was a little bit more familiar. So he started to become a little bit more of a media personality. I think a big thing to be dull is a big part of that too, personally, because that's where that really started with Lehman when he was with the Heat. But I think he took yeah, that yeah. into the test side. And now, so the Australian coach has become a lot more visible to the public. And then Langer's having to deal with that. And he might not necessarily have the best personality to deal with that because of his nature. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too, really. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, he made a good point, the buzzard, about how many coaches does a team need? Yeah, yeah, there's and, fucking millions of them. Yeah, uh, and uh, he said, and he's like, okay, that's up for debate. I'm probably a bit old school and just goes fucking nonsense too, but that's not coming from any position of knowledge yeah. about it. Um, he did make a good point, though. He said, Marnus Labuschagne, they only three specialist batsmen in the contract of this as players, Warner, Smith, and Labuschagne. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And he said, the coaches are at the wrong end of the spectrum, according to his thinking. 
was that you got all these elite coaches with the elite team. You said, well, if they get to the elite, they should be good enough. Yeah. You know, they should. So the coaching should be down lower to produce these good players, mm. who, you know, players who have potential at age 16, 18, whatever, actually get through on a test batsman by, say, age 22. I thought that was a valid point. Don't cocoon or bubble these guys with heaps of coaches at when they're 28 or 30 or whatever. They should be on charge of their game. Yes, they'll need some tips. And, you know, even Gilchrist had his own personal coach, mm. which yeah. gave him tips throughout his career. But it's more that mentor role than coaching. Anyway, um, flip those guys down to play, working with the younger players. To Grassroots. True. Well, yeah. like it's a cricket academy idea, isn't it? Their, yeah. their mandate, um, Rodney Marsh said, was always to have one 10-year or 100-year test player uh, coming through every year. That's a good goal. Yeah, sorry. 10-year <laughs> slash 100 test player <laughs> yeah. coming out of the cricket academy every year. And they were yeah. like 18 to 20-year-olds going through there. Yeah. So, yeah, I agreed with that. Yes, Al? Uh, I thought um, it was like a poorly written article. He, he threw up a whole bunch of straw men and argued against them. Like, mm. nowadays, there's a coach for every player. There isn't. Mm. Um, and, he, I, you know, I, I, I think about, even if there is, I think about, like, elite sport everywhere else where one swimmer has their own coach. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, oh, I thought he would coach a freestyle for a 400 metre or something. And I'm yeah, like, I didn't well, hang get on. That analogy. They literally have their own coach. Yeah. It, the yeah. Olympic swimmers have their own coach. They don't uh, have a so, coach. No, no. So his, his point to that was, um, not to stand up for him, but his yeah, point yeah, to that right. was, Justin Langer's scored 7,000 test runs. Mm. Why isn't he telling people how to bat? Why do they need a specialist batting coach? So his yeah, point with Thorpey was, if Thorpey was a coach of a swimmer, he wouldn't get someone else to teach them how to swim. Yeah, yeah, He yeah, would do yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah. I think Langer has... Uh, I think the Australian coaching job is more involved than just setting up cones and shit like and that. Give like, and give and throw it down, yeah. And I think you need a, a special... The formats of the game, a fielding... Um, bowling, batting, and possibly even a specific wicketkeeping coach as well as a head coach. I feel that that's okay. And I think the straw man of every player has an assist. There's an assistant coach for every player, and that <laughs> assistant has an assistant. That's not the case. Yeah, it's the, the bullshit about there was one bus and now there's a convoy. That's not the case. <laughs> like it's just it's an article written thing, and annoyed yeah, the fuck yeah. out of me reading it. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of disagree with the less coaches as you go up. I don't. I think the coaching. Is fine at, at well, the level probably, they're at. There's, there's a point that at international cricket, the one thing that you'd think they'd be doing heaps more of and have to is um, those opposition analysis type roles. Yeah. You have to be lots more of that because if you're going to be a good international team, you've got to know the opposition players yep. and their weaknesses and their strengths and relay that information. They I think that's an shits there if you watch incredibly, <laughs> no, but I think that's an incredibly important role in an international cricket team because they don't Australia when you know we, we, if we come up against someone like Pakistan, we don't play them that often, but they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna beat them in their one off yeah. scenario. You need to know the players and have the yes. plans in place. Yeah, and that's a fair point, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Yep. All righty. Any more, any more comments on Brad McNamara? We're going to fucking... I think we've given him more than he deserves, so we might move on. Yeah, from him. yeah absolutely. Um, <laughs> all righty. So the last um, little thing we're going to talk about, and I'm going to read a big chunk of this article, so I apologise to anyone who doesn't like me just reading out things. 
but it's funny and it's a very good insight into the man who is Justin Langer. So I think it's um it's probably a good good uh good resource at this point. So uh, Brett Jeeves, the uh, Tasmanian, uh, we'll, we'll call him medium fast bowler rather than just calling him a downright donkey drop medium pacer. He may have snuck in and played a one-day game or a T20I, yeah, I think, one day, for Australia. Yeah. One day. Or T20, yeah. maybe T20. Yeah. So, uh, we've, so I pulled bits out of his column that he wrote recently for Raw, which is R-O-A-R.com.au, which is a website here in Australia that lets pretty much anyone write whatever they fucking want about anything. So there's some interesting shit on there. Um, do yourself a favour and don't read if you don't have to. Um, so... We'll start off. So Brett G. Well, we're reading it for the mix, so it's yeah. no point so, reading uh, it <laughs> So I've cut out the top of Brett G's article, which talks about him bowling an absolute peach and getting Justin Langer out. If you want to read that part, go find the article and read it yourself. Self-indulgent <laughs> okay. rubbish, that was. <laughs> so the next time I see JL is 2006, and it is it is his return game after being hit hard in the head by Makai and Teeny in the third test of the 2006 South Africa Tour. JL is returning and we are flat, we being Tasmania, because outside of the one freak ball I delivered on the Davenport Goat track, the Tassies', the Tassies level of success against Langer was equal to that of the New South Wales government in containing the Delta variant. Topical. <laughs> it was rampant and dominant. And, um, we were grateful for only 188 in a day. Jesus. So we bat first. Tim Payne scores 200. That must have been his only first-class time that he had for a while there. It would have um, been. Yeah. yeah. We declare it 500-plus, and it is JL time. Of course, we try to bump JL, thinking he'll be a little hesitant on the short ball. The narrator says JL was not hesitant on the short ball. Um, before we know it, he's on heaps, and again, he's starting to really feel himself. I'm into my third spell. I scrolled too fast. Uh, going at five and over, and I deliver the, deliver the first ball of a new over to Marcus North. It's a dot, so I turn around and walk back to the top of my mark. On the way back, I get an awkward feeling that someone is watching me. You know the one. I turn around, and JL is staring at me. I bowl another three balls, all dots, and he has not taken his eyes off me. I swear, if this was a nightclub, we would have been patching. After the fifth dot, I walked back past him with a finger up my nose. He looked angry. As, as the sixth ball was another dot, I turned around from my follow-through with an additional finger up my beak and collected my hat from the ump. This made Justin angry. He said, you are a savage and a bogan and have no respect for the game, or something like that. I laughed as this was kind of true and replied, are you still fuming about me being too quick for you in Devonport a few years ago? I don't remember stuff like that, Justin responded. Just as he completed his flustered rebuttal, former Tasmanian opening bat Travis Burt ran past and said, yeah, that's because you've been hit in the head too many times. (laughs) You think JL was was angry when Bangladesh got some screen time on the Cricket Australia website? Uh, He stopped the game and requested the umpire do something about this level of disrespect. The umpire, who I'm convinced was giggling, did nothing. For the record, JL scored 188 not out. Tas- uh, the team score that was five declared for 353. For those playing at home, that is more than half of the team's total. Narrator, JL was not hesitant on the short ball or impacted by any level of verbal from the plebs. That game ended with a thriller with WA requiring 401 off 80 overs. Oh, should I scroll? There it goes. And at five for 346 and Luke Ronke going bananas. We were very lucky to win the game. In fact, from memory, a Michael DiVenuto 
Direct hit from the long from the oh. lawn in the last over won us the match. Absolute scenes. Oh, scenes indeed. Yeah. We partied hard. <laughs> we partied hard and one day later fronted up to the Ford Ranger 50 over. That's our one day comp for you playing at home list, eh, Alex? Oh, um, so that is how we did it back in the day. Traveled into state two days before a shield game, got drunk. Played the four day game, got drunk again. Played the one day I got drunker again and flew home for a week's sleep. So Tasmania bat first, we make 264 and then it's JL time. Well, so we thought. Instead of Langer, we get Scotty Muleman and Luke Ronke. The only time I've seen Ben Helfenhaus happier was after I finished reading him his first clip of the Big Red Dog book. So Muleman out early, Marsh to the crease. Marsh out first ball, north to the crease. Ronke out, Bogus to the crease. North out, Langer to the crease at six. Six, so weird. Fighting himself. Um... My first ball to JL rises sharply off a length and hits him under the armpit. I'm happy with myself. You were later on that than you were to the crease. The game's almost over. Where have you been, you weak cunt? He's, he's got all these, like, you know, <laughs> hashtags and that. I inserted my little bit of extra in there. The response yeah. was what the response wasn't what I was expecting. I'll kill you. Call me weak. <laughs> I will take you out the back of the change rooms and I'll beat the shit out of you. But that wasn't the end of it. He was following me as I walked back to my mark. I felt that I had turned around and faced him. He would have hacked him to death with his kookaburra. I've not seen that level of anger slash rage on a cricket field, and I'm com- on a cricket field, and I am convinced he meant every word of it. His eyes are seriously spinning. This wasn't the <laughs> patch stare he gave me when I was in the one day. In that moment, he was angrier at me than he's ever been at Usman Gawasha. <laughs> It was only during the post-match that I found out JL could hurt me and most others really badly, though, really badly through his dedication as a black belt and Kendo Kai. The grammar in this is really bad if you want some feedback, Mr. Jeeves. Um, and, <laughs> grammar Nazi, come yeah. on, Nick Jeeves. And, and given my fighting pedigree, I'm thrilled, that, I'm thrilled that it was only the next three balls he hit really hard. Six or four. As for Justin Langer, the coach, yeah, he's angry, but he's always been angry. And if you weren't aligned with him on work ethic, passion for Australian cricket, and love of John Williamson and Steve Waugh, <laughs> and it is you who has a problem. <laughs> I'm not part of the pylon. I love playing against JL and look back on stories like this with a great sense of joy. Whatever CA do about his coaching tenure has to be team performance-based. It can't be because he's angry. They already knew this. We all did. <laughs> Bang. Very mm. good point by Brett James. Yeah, at the end there. <clears throat> I thought uh, it was interesting. I think Alex and I talked about this. We said, oh, I th- well, I thought certainly something was going to happen, but no, it was all just talk. Yeah. 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 That's cricket, mate. It's all, mm. unless, someone, mm. unless someone holds you down, eats the cuts of the cricket, but it's all just talk. Yeah, true. <laughs> or unless you can play on the Ballerine, it's all just talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ballerine or North Brunswick area. Yeah. yeah. Yes, David. Thieves did play for Australia. Two ODIs. And one T20I. Oh, there you go. Two ODI, uh, three ODI wickets at 26, two T20I wickets at seven and a half. Oh, robbed of a career. Found a good little fun fact about Jeevesy uh, whilst looking up his stats. He's been stranded on 99, not out twice for Tassie, <laughs> both in the same season in 08, 09. And both because of the same bloke, Tim McDonald went out on him uh, batting 11. <laughs> yeah, so he oh. ended his career without 100. 
That is oh, proper stiff. Horrible. Yeah. Poor bloke. Jeez. And he's still got to pay that baggage fee because his IPL team wouldn't cover it on a plane trip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all righty. So that sums us up with the old Justin Langer. So, yeah. So like Jeeves, he said at the end, mate, he's, he's angry. He's always been angry. He's always going to be angry. Hmm. Do not book the room next to him in the nursing home if you want a quiet time. So um, <laughs> from there, do we have uh, – so, Roscoe, you had something. You had some fixture talk you want to talk about. You have yeah, just, you're going to fix yeah, domestic cricket? Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah quickly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> you might be aware that uh, the domestic cricket season kicks off two weeks from tomorrow. It does, Shit. yes. I yep, was not aware. Uh, you are aware now with some list A cricket, Alex. You are aware. Oh, of what that's that is. 60 yeah. overs if I'm not um, wrong. Uh, 55 oh. followed by 110 ball over. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. So, uh, and they've got teams flying all over the ship doing this, that, and the other thing. It's like, guys, it's too complicated. The biggest issue is state borders. So, yep. here's my plan. You take a team, say WA, because they're insane, and you're flying to South Australia. There's also been very little COVID. And they play each other twice in the shield and twice in one days. Yep. And then you try and go somewhere else where the borders are open. Okay. So don't keep moving around. Just yeah, 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 casually okay. go to Queensland, stay there and play two shield games and two ODIs. Now, Vic and New South Wales, a bit tricky. You might have to move them or something. But, yeah, just go and play one team for like three weeks. Yep. Four yeah. Games. Well, hmm. I think um... – Vic and New South Wales could go to Northern Territory and play their two there. And then they're out of the bubble, yeah, you know, those two shit yeah. states, COVID-wise. And then, yeah. and then it's just, just a free-for-all, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, stay on yeah. the road. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but stay in one place for three weeks. It yeah, just yeah, cuts yeah. all the travel. Yeah. And if things change, you can keep playing. If you go into lockdown, well, depending on the state, you might be able to still keep playing. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, yeah, yeah. four uh, two rounds, no, four rounds of two competitions done. In three weeks, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's then cross your fingers and hope you can move some all the t- three teams somewhere else and do it yep. all again. Yep. It just cuts down the amount of travel. Yeah. I reckon they did that at the start of COVID last year. I think you know everyone they sort took of went all to the South teams Australia. to Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was more yeah. that hub style. Yeah. But I just don't know that that's necessary. Anyway, yeah. it's just an alternative. It's just not. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Cuts down the travel. Solved in my opinion, Ross. Oh, fuck, that's it. Fixing stuff. been fixing yeah, cricket done. problems flat out. Yeah. Now, just yeah, email yeah. that off to james.sutherland <laughs> ca.com.au <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Does he still work there? Yeah. I don't think he does, does he? Oh, yeah. Isn't Hockley? that old mate Nick? Isn't that Nick Hokley bloke replaced him? Oh, now? yeah, so, that's yeah? it. That's it. Hokley Doakley. Yeah, I'll get on yeah. to him. Hokley Doakley um, 69 <laughs> at Hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Put one in the Hokley.com. Uh, all right. German in the Hokley. So we might fucking end on that, I reckon. <laughs> but, uh, oh, just a final thought from me. Yes, Ross. I just I noticed there was a. Um, <clears throat> Uh, hypothetically, Mick, just work through this one with me. Now, okay. imagine um, cricket boxing, when it takes off, there'll be all sorts of levels of competition. There'll be the absolute pinnacle, there's a professional level, there'll be the amateur, the semi-professional level, and then there'll be local cricket boxing. Uh, just picturing down at the local cricket boxing, it might be a ground somewhere in the suburbs. It's got a boxing ring on the side of the ground. I thought there might be a club rooms there. And uh, in that club rooms, of all things that there might be in that club rooms, there might be a landline telephone. <laughs> right. And, and that landline telephone might ring and the man behind the jump 
might answer that landline telephone and what do you think he would say? Box and Creek Club. Creek Box. <laughs> <laughs> God. That's a deep cut, that one. Oh. It's a deep cut and poorly introduced. It's like, I think you've like barely mentioned cricket boxing and no one knows uh, about it. No, we I talked love about it. it last episode, you yeah. Was it the last? I thought we talked about that amongst ourselves. I thought we talked about it amongst ourselves. This is, yeah. a, this is amongst ourselves. We, just <laughs> no, we can't go no, no. far yeah. though. We're amongst to be ourselves. Fair, this, this is the is only time we talk to each other. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it is yeah, as, a, as a foursome. As yeah. a awesome foursome. Well, did you know, Ross, on that same Ooh. ground next to the boxing ring, there's a church. And oh, in the church is oh, a steeple, and in the steeple there's a bell, and that end of the ground's called the bell end. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be an Anglican church. Well, there'd be plenty of bells. You'd ring the bloke's bell in pretty Yeah, well, that's round two. the bell. Yeah, and then they'd play, at the end of the round, they'd play that song, <laughs> Ring My Bell. I thought they'd play It's the Eye of the Tiger, surely. <laughs> ding, ding. It's and then, the, and then it, they'd turn into a painting of themselves yeah, that's it. hitting they each just, other. They'd turn into a painting as they come across. I they walk out of the... Why is it called a boxing ring when it's a square? Oh, anyway, no, they wouldn't the turn into a painting. They turn into a lithograph. Yeah, they. <laughs> when they uh, whatever that is, it's like this day for me. I have no idea what a lithograph is. Boxing ring into the cricket ground. Surely, Ice House, Great Southern Land, will be playing as they walk to the crease. Yeah, no, I think yeah. Man of Colors. But yeah. Mm. While we're crapping on, it's fucking ding, ding. show some respect again. It's Lord Beefy Botham, not just Beefy Botham. Yeah, Thank you very sorry. much. Sorry. He's Lord Beefy hard for Botham, Baron. Beefy hot dogs and <laughs> Beefy <laughs> he got, and a um, He got a night ship or whatever up North Yorkshire, but I'm pretty sure he's from down south in England, uh, Somerset Way. Someone must have died. Yeah. I think it's like Tell us in the comments. Yeah. Tell us in the comments whether he's yeah. from the north or the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the comments below. <laughs> like and subscribe. Podcast. Like and subscribe this podcast. Do you think uh, do you think as part of his envoy he'll be doing um Aaron Beefy sausages up late and there'll be like contestants doing games <laughs> and stuff. I hope, he gives his, I hope he gives his phone to someone else. Uh, <laughs> if A equals two and C equals three, <laughs> yeah, that... All right, thanks to Frederick Harold Sox. Yeah. Uh, this has been the Mid Off Cricket oh. Podcast. Send us that 40 million. <laughs> ching, Mention it again. All righty. I think. I mean, Kevin just jumped the shark. They're like, just the sharks had enough and swam, swam off as well. <laughs> the so, sharks gnawed on us. With that, we will definitely wrap this up. So, uh, thanks for thanks thanks for listening. Um, Cricket Australia, send us a check for eighty thousand because we're going to be on the next series of the test after we fix Justin Langer problems. And um, like they say in the classics, thank you, fuck you, bye bye, everybody. Cool. That was a big yawn.